Osiris. Osiris mega hit, The Great Beyond, back in our home studio, Gary's Electric, got our boy Rob back on the dial so Kathleen doesn't have to yell at Greg to lean into the mic. in here. Yeah, in the video. But we really want to thank all of you who have been tuning in uh, the past two weeks. We've seen a lot of people going back and catching up on some of our older episodes too, so thank you guys. Uh, we know they might be a little bit rougher than the clean easy like professional podcast that we got going on now yep. uh, but thank you to everybody who's been listening really it means a lot uh yeah we can't thank you guys enough talking about this podcast yeah oh yeah we have a podcast. we're doing a podcast this is a, this is a podcast yeah oh shit welcome <laughs> all right so, so anyway <laughs> as uh osiris's flagship uh production um we're in a little bit of a sticky situation here because we uh normally would be recapping west coast tour but we're trying to save that material for goose day tuesday so bruce and i don't bore you to death um and keep joey's opinions as far away from the show as possible mm-hmm. yeah sometimes somehow he got into gary's electric today um <laughs> but that was good because he brought questions and this content for this episode so we appreciate that and uh so before we dive into our interview with a couple of goose's most dedicated fans ryan storm and jive goose Let's address the giant peach in the room. Oof. Uh-huh. Who wrote this content? Uh, yeah, yeah you're going to like that one. Who wrote this, James? God damn it. I knew I should put some effort into this. Uh, anyway, uh, so literary references aside, um, you know, we're recording this the Sunday before you guys are hearing it, and the Peach Fest lineup was unofficially leaked. I thought it was all a lie. Uh, this band and the band this podcast happened to mention on occasion have climbed their way up from the Grove stage, it looks like, to a headlining spot at the main stage. <laughs> so Bruce just short-circuited through that segment. Uh, but we can never, <laughs> never <laughs> confirm or deny. I try to do these episodes earlier in the day, and we just keep pushing <laughs> it later and later. You keep pushing it yeah. later and later. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It doesn't matter when today is actually yesterday. Uh, but we, can, <laughs> we can't confirm or deny whether the Peach lineup is accurate, mostly because the band obviously doesn't share this information with their core team. Um, So we wanted to take the time to address the idea of festival season as a whole. Yeah, so coming up this summer, uh, we've already got Sweetwater 420 Fest, which is arguably like one of the greatest lineups I've ever seen. I haven't been excited, like seriously excited about going to a festival like this in a while. That lineup looks like every day from morning to night, there's going to be great bands to see. And I'm like so looking forward to Sweetwater. Yeah. And they have like the by day schedule out too. So like it just seems like it's just getting better and better every single day too. Awesome. Uh, Really excited that Goose is also playing at Boston Calling uh, Sunday set ahead of Metallica. Oh, opening for Metallica now. <laughs> one one dark wisteria lane and then he just opened for Metallica. Cool. Uh, yeah, they also got Bonnaroo, which is going to give them another chance to really uh, reach this mainstream audience that of people who perchance haven't listened to them before, which is really cool. Uh, and then High Sierra too, which is going to be like 
right at home for them. Uh, and most likely, there's going to be more to come. We're excited for it. But I really just wanted to talk to you guys, like, watching this band grow throughout the years, what it really means, like, the festival season of, like, the opportunity to reach all these new fans. Like, what have you been seeing over the years with Goose specifically? So, I mean, I think, you know, in general, these are some landmark festivals, right? Yeah. Like, as you guys mentioned, Sweetwater is one of the best festival lineups I've ever seen. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, um, like Bruce at my age, whose relevance is quickly waning and her knees hurt. Um, I'm, thir- but- I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> Not a day over 29. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo started when Bruce and I were in high school, and it was kind of one of those, like, almost like a rite of passage kind of thing, I feel like. Um, when you were as heady as, as we clearly are. Um, it was kind of a thing you had to do, you know? So I made that trip down um, to to Manchester, Tennessee in 2009 for uh, the Torchbearers. Oh, yeah. Playing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did a couple sets. Springsteen. Um, I saw Snoop Dogg as we, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about Snoop today. Yep. Um, yep. Snoop, Got a big Snoop episode. Erica Badu. <laughs> um, Citizen Cope. And funny enough, I saw Citizen Cope there. Um, and just kind of like a, this is a weird full circle thing. But when Goose did their first Relic session um, back in 2019, the Relic Studio, Citizen Cope actually went in um, to film a session right after them. Oh, that's cool. And I got, he had just gotten a new guitar and I gave him a Goose sticker for his case. And I was like, I saw you at Bonnaroo 09. <laughs> He's like, I saw you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I oh, mean, so these are the stories that we're coming with today. Yeah, I yeah. Did one, so I met Citizen Cope. Ah, right, nice. Yeah. All right, so going back to Joey's question. Yeah, though, I asked the question. Yeah, we remembered, or I did, or I was told. But um, Did I not answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loved the Citizen Cope story, though. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, if you guys didn't know, I meant... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing about the festival season as it relates to Goose is, and, and something I always think about was, I, I always saw a lot of festivals when I was growing up and, and, and seeing a lot of live music, and never always picked out who I was going to see you know or slept through it or did other things um and I just <laughs> would but I would try to see certain people try to see yeah. certain bands try to set up my schedule in a certain way and just like wasn't always going out and seeking new bands you know if they're playing early in the day and I am just in a puddle of sweat underneath an easy up <laughs> on some like mountain or something. Like I'm not, you know, I might not see them. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just surprised with Goose coming up in a lot of these weird um, smaller festivals and different parts of the Northeast and uh, you know different slots in those festivals and stuff. And how many people over like 2018, 2017, 2018, 2019 mm-hmm. were finding out about Goose from festival sets, you know, and, and hearing them play a good sometimes 45 minute or an hour set was enough for them to kind of pursue listening more or looking for them online and a lot of stuff that I just never really was thinking to do back then and probably could have discovered a lot of the music that way yeah I mean I did a lot through just the internet you know and downloading shows and um, mailing shows back in the day and stuff like that but so I never thought about festivals and same with openers and I always missed a lot of openers too a lot of people you know, found Goose by these festival sets, and it totally makes sense that I never really found a ton of new music from doing myself. So I always thought that was a huge thing from festival season with them, and now they have a very good festival reputation. They're getting higher up on lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just exciting, too, yeah. now, in that sense, to have seen them go from, you know, 8-point font, um, probably Goose misspelled, 
um, we do it on the board anyway, so we don't, <laughs> don't know anything. But, uh, you know, now to, to seeing them really high up on the level of Snoop, for right. example. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, so here's an interesting kind of story, and that's not about me, uh, in the context of festivals being important for bands. Um, do you guys know the story of Creatures and how the song was written? No. No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know anything about all right, cool. So I like this could actually <laughs> kind of be wrong, um, but again, Joe Rogan's on Spotify too. Um, so well, not anymore. Uh, well, well, yeah, a few hundred, yeah. <laughs> hundred episodes or so, whatever. One, uh, I'll preface this by saying get vaccinated and boosted. Uh, but Creatures of the Night was a festival in Tennessee that happened, I believe, back in 2015 or 2016. Um, and Goose was booked to play a few sets, and basically. Um, long story short, the planning and execution of the festival was a disaster, and there was a ton of rain, um, and a lot of bands basically were told, like, not to come, you know, and uh, Goose was there, um, they picked up the slack, and ended up playing, playing a ton of sets, I this kind of random festival in Tennessee, in the fall, I think, of 2015. It was 2015, yeah. And I believe, like, Creatures was written for this festival. I think. Oh, really? That's the whole Creatures of the Night thing, I'm, I think. Uh, okay. um, so I know, like, if I'm wrong here, Pete Russo will be in the comments. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, yeah, if, if Russo's not, wrong sometimes, the Redbird thing, he admitted to me. So. Okay, yeah, I mean, and if not, this is how um, legends are written. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, and, and I'm excited about this year's festival season. I think this is going to be one that's we're creeping back towards normalcy. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be pretty incredible. Ho- hopefully that Peach lineup is real because it would be great to see these guys, you know, go from the tiny stage to the main stage. Yeah, it would be cool. Yeah, definitely. And, like, speaking of Peach, last year, I mean, a band that we're all close to, we all love, Eggy, opened up the festival. And they kind of took that spot of the Grove stage and really just, like, melted faces out there. Because there was really nobody else playing at the time. So everyone that was at the festival was at their set. Uh, So, yeah, it's definitely... And, Bruce, you brought this up. Like, I really want to try this year to go to bands I've never heard of. I have no, you know, affinity for necessarily. But, like, not just stay at the main stage the entire day and see these bands I've seen over and over. As tempting as it may be. I think it just comes with having more... Maybe shows under your belt too. Like after you know, I've seen so many now hundreds of shows and followed a lot of bands. It's like I don't have to scratch that same itch, you know. If I, yeah. I, can, I like am open to to hearing and seeing a lot of new stuff. And festivals are fun because you can go check it out. And if it sucks, you know, you go somewhere else. You know, yeah. or go do something else. So um, there's no reason not to try, you know. And definitely with so many good young bands out there. Uh, like Aggie, you know, and there's a lot of bands that are trying to um, put forth their, you know, put their best foot forward. A lot of mental glitches this yeah, episode, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's something that's good to see, and and, and it's good for these bands, and uh, it's good for fans in that way too. So speaking of festivals, actually, one I want to know from you guys what the best festival you've been to ever was. Um, and I I have two, obviously, Gathering of the Vibes, Bridgeport, Connecticut, home base. But um, I had an interesting festival trip with our producer slash engineer, Robbie Chemical. He's dancing right now, folks. Yeah. Sorry. Right, Rob? Rob, get on the mic. Yeah. Let's get Rob on the mic. Oh, let's hey, get Rob, 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 Robbie Chemical, yeah. everybody. I'm going to get on the mic for a second, yeah. All right, I'm going to tell you about my favorite festival that I ever went to. It was called Catskill Chill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was up in the Catskill Mountains back in 2015. 13. 2013, really? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God, dude. That's so spooky, man. 
Um, but yeah, man, there was this iconic ice cream machine there called the Frosty Serve that was also a techno. Techno. And we spent many a night vibing out in front of it. Um, yeah, man, that was, dude, yeah. Anything in the Catskills is really nice with that cold, crispy air. Um, yeah. Yeah, we had soft serve. I drove one of Rob's friends up. Uh, he drove. Yeah. I was at Rob's house the night before. Like we put, we hastily organized this trip, and I remember going to Rob's house the night before. Like, yo, like, do we have tents? Do we have this? Do we have that? And Rob was just like, hey, can you like pick this person up that you've never met tomorrow morning <laughs> um, that wants to come with me, but I can't take them for some reason? Yeah. Um, so you I were drove, a team player. Then, yeah. I was like, okay, fine. Um, you obliged. So I did. I obliged. Basically, she and I had a blast. We we also rode back together. Um, I don't know where Rob was. Um, but, uh, <laughs> this whole we, time. we were both very. Oh, um, I, was, I was around. Sleep deprived yeah. after, and I remember she and I both like cried to each other on the drive back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was good. So I'd say uh, rest up this festival season. Yeah, you know, definitely. I wanted to say my favorite memory from Catskill Chill was when um, I think it was. Dopapod? Did they play there? Yeah, Dan Papadocio oh, and Dopadocio. I think it was Dopadocio did a Radiohead cover set or yeah. something like that. Yeah, like like all of a sudden, I just heard fucking like Paranoid Android out of nowhere, and it was like such a refreshing thing to hear like a fucking like song that I really liked. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was hey, Rob, that was my favorite fest. The, can we tell the story of uh, Gathering the Vibes when? Um, Which one? Uh, <laughs> can we can we tell our listeners how you ended up? Uh, Waking up in a child's sweatshirt. <laughs> okay, yeah. you got to tell them now because they're gonna just yeah. yeah <laughs> Don't worry, man. We can edit this out, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we're using tape this time. <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tell the story, Greg. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, so, so I used to work for the school of rock um i guess i don't work there anymore so i can tell this uh so the school of rock had this this stage for youth performers at gathering of the vibes and rob was doing sound for this stage for an entire weekend um and i think the cool thing about being a sound guy at vibes was like rob got to hang out catch a bunch of shows but also during the day had to work with these children at this stage um so who are more talented than anybody there by the way yeah most talented kids there um i'm uh, sure savants and so rob you know i think we had a healthy balance of you know catching music at night and staying up a little late and rob would have to work so rob tried to sneak a nap in um in between kids sets and i think picked up a sweatshirt that looked a little bit like his but actually belonged to like a twelve year old girl. Oh, so okay, okay, okay. okay. See, I'm telling you, I don't know all no, these stories. No, no, I just kind of filled the gaps. Okay, no, it's close. It's close. Yeah, but what happened was, um, I stayed up basically all night partying, and around like I had to be there at eight o'clock in the morning or something like that. So around six thirty, I'm like, I came to the conclusion I'm just gonna go sleep inside the tent, yeah, so that they're right. gonna have to like. Um, you know, kind of fucking, they'll, they'll see me there, they'll wake me up or whatever, you know what I mean? Instead of going to my tent, I knew I would never wake up for it. So, um, long story short, I was freezing my ass off inside the tent, and I just saw a shirt on the ground, and I just put it on, you know what I mean? And it was very slim fitting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was just sleeping on the ground in the freezing cold Bridgeport 
air. Uh, yes. And around like 8.30, I woke up to like rack cases kind of sliding past my head. And the people that I were work- was working with hated me for some reason. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, um, I can't imagine. They did, uh, they did not like my jovial spirit. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of fucking nasty Bridgeport sound people there. Yeah. Uh, sound on shout sound out to BlackRock. Yeah. <laughs> sound on Sound Festival. Coming back this fall. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, a long story short, I was midway into the day I was engineering and this girl comes over and she's like I think you have my switch <laughs> and I was like no and I was like well maybe <laughs> what, what color is it on the inside yeah. yeah no it was hers yeah yeah it was an embarrassment to the whole organization <laughs> so but that was my vibes <laughs> Thank and I no longer work for School of Rock. Um, that's, say, our, that's our producer, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to see a child of the uh, School of Rock program. Uh, my buddy Dylan, who plays an Eminence Ensemble, he was in, I think it was School of Rock. It was one oh, of those. Oh, really? Like, okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Eminence Ensemble. There's uh, friends of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Denver, Colorado. Right. Yep. After party. Yep. Unofficial after party that featuring after, Greg Knight. That after featuring party was Greg Knight. lit. If yeah. we ever get through this segment, maybe I'll go to the show tonight. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see if we make it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, speaking of like younger bands that you can go see, like I'm really excited specifically. I know I've talked about them so much. Uh, Dogs in a Pile coming up this summer. They yep. have a lot of festivals getting ready to go. And they're one band that like, I don't know, it's going to be tough to say. No, like, I don't know what they or who they could go up against that would make me want to skip their set. Um, mm. But just to like be at the smaller stage, a tighter crowd, be talking to them. I feel like after a set, a smaller band is way more likely to come up, talk to the audience too. Sure. So absolutely, mm-hmm. and they're, 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 they're nice. Move their own shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Can you guys help us out with this? Yeah. <laughs> That's when I love cornering bands and they're working. Yeah, they're like, exactly. hey, 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 catch them at one of these festivals too um and just just around they're a local band um from new jersey i believe so yeah, asbury park area. yeah so they crush definitely definitely a lot of good young talent out there on the scene all around i think a lot of people that are still involved in the jam scene and checking out live music can can see that and know that definitely. yeah and then counterbalancing that like the young bands with like the bigger bands like main headliners who are you know on the main stage every time they go to a festival like Goose is kind of in this in-between point. They can go to a festival where it's a lot of, uh, you know, mainstream bands where a lot of people might not know them. But if they go to something like High Sierra or Peach, like they're one of their everyone knows who they are. Yeah, it's like 15 point aerial, you know, between yeah. 14 and 16. They just don't know where to put them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wingdings. You're talking wingdings. Uh, I love formatting jokes, you know, there's nothing better. Um, so good point. Uh, I think also... It's nice to see them on more mainstream lineups where they're not as recognizable, right? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's like, see here now, too. Like, a lot of people who knew they were, yeah. but there were a lot of mm-hmm. people seeing them for the first time yeah. there. Boston, and that's my favorite thing. Boston Calling looks like one that really takes them out of their element oh, yeah. the most. And then that, so that should be cool to garner see, a lot I, of new fans. I, I think the Boston Calling. Oh, sorry. Uh, wait, Rob, yeah. come back. Rob, we got to get Rob I'm his over, own mic. I'm overstepping my boundaries here. But when I saw the Boston <laughs> Calling lineup, I actually thought. That was the right blend for them to kind of like permeate that um, kind of territory and like kind of it's the right blend of mainstream bands that I think will work with what they yeah. do. Actually, you know what I mean? They're, I think, they're not a fish out of water there. They're like they kind of fit in with everything going yeah, on. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah uh, totally King agree. Gizzard is on that lineup. So I think they're the, the day before. They're Saturday. Oh, wow. Are they? Okay. 
Yeah. So we're going. All right. Cool. Apparently, yeah. All right. So we'll see you guys there at Boston Calling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess we can wrap this up. But um, a lot of good festivals this year. A lot of good shows coming up this summer. Uh, let's all be safe. Let's hope we can get back to normalcy. And we'll, yes. We'll, we'll see you all at some of these uh, great festivals that are set up to go. Uh, and we will be right back with our interview with Jive Goose and Ryan Storm after this word from our sponsor. We actually have a sponsor now. <laughs> We're so excited to finally have two of Goose's most prominent fans here on the podcast. You might know them from their live set list updates, audio streams, general music education, but most notably their March Madness style Goose Jam of the Year bracket. Ladies and gentlemen, and all geese in between, Ryan Storm and Jive Goose. Hey, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. Hey, it's great to have you guys. Um, So let's start it off with like, Greg referenced the March Madness Jam of the Year bracket. So it's something that we and I think a lot of listeners would like to know about is how you guys approach the initial creation of the bracket, um, including the seating, which we know has been, you know, suspect. Um, so everybody's just interested in the process behind that. Um, yeah, and the methodology that you guys put into to forming it. Yeah, well, the, the initial idea for it is, I, you know, I've been on the, the committee that creates the Fish Jam of the Year brackets on fish.net. Oh, right now uh, for the last few years and uh towards the end of 2020 i was like <laughs> you know there should be a goose one like why not so i reached out to i reached out to brian uh we've now said his name jive goose's real name is brian uh, secrets out uh-uh. <laughs> secrets out um, <laughs> that's the, that's it that's the heavy hitter for our episode yeah <laughs> we've revealed who jive goose is yeah. <laughs> thank you for tuning in everybody <laughs> So at the time of this release, he has already been on a We Move Through Stormy Weather episode, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so I reached out to Brian and I was like, you know, would you be interested in doing such a thing? And he was like, sure. And so for 2020, it was just the two of us. Um, we had we did a crowd seed uh, for 2020. So people submitted rankings of the top 64, uh, their top 64 jams and a nice weighted average spreadsheet formula thing. Uh, ranked those uh, based on number of votes and ranking and I don't understand how it works but it works nice. um, and uh, you know the seating for 2020 existed and it happened but we decided to go with a different method uh, for 2021 uh, and we have our uh, little five person crew uh, shout out to uh, Danny, Kev and Neil uh, and the five of us um, have uh, spent, uh, I think we've been, you know, we've been really talking about it since October, um, but really, you know, spending a lot of time talking to each other about rankings and whatnot and yeah. putting it together. Well, Brian, you always, you keep up on it throughout the year. Like, I, I noticed mm-hmm. one of your tweets recently about telling people, you know, it might be a good idea if you hear a jam that you think is a great jam, you know, put it on a Nugs playlist and save it. And you've been doing I, that, so you kind of have I, things I, stored I, up, right? I, I stole that from Brian. I, I only started doing that now. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I saw that. I saw a, a tweet on Drive's account recently saying that stuff. So I thought that was a good yeah. good idea. Yeah, yeah. You've got to you've got to have your, you got to start preparing now. You know, a year like this with so many more shows. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, 2020 was one thing. Um, you know, there was there was just such a the volume of shows was of course so small, um, and so. You know, it's really interesting to look at that bracket versus this year's and that 2020 bracket uh, it, I, Ryan you tell me but I, I, I seem to recall it being just blowout after blowout and it wasn't really until we got down to 
you know, the final four when we'd have heavy hitters against heavy hitters. And this year, yeah. uh, the 2021 bracket, I mean, we're having, we're having a hard time keeping up with all the banter from people saying, oh, you know, this 15 seed should have been a two seed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah there's so been a lot of that. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> now you know what well, Bruce's life so is that, like that, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. So that tells you how strong, how strong the year was. And so 2022 is, it's just going to keep moving in that direction. So yeah, I'm telling people if you're on Nug, start that playlist now, keep track, have your own list, have your own rankings about, you know, reconcile that throughout the year. And then come the end of the year, I mean, you're going to be you're going to be bracket ready. Yeah, definitely. You're getting a lot of attention this year too. The production's great on the tournament, really. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm really curious about like just overall what you guys look for in a jam. Like, obviously, we're all different. We all listen to music differently. But like, what about a great jam makes you say, "All right, this is going up in the seatings or whatever." Like, I know Ryan, you're probably very technically music oriented. Uh, Brian, I'm not sure what you look for in music, but like, I guess for each of you, starting with Ryan, uh, you know, some of your favorite jams, what hits it for you? Yeah, well, you know, for me, you know, first things first, whether I enjoy listening to it, you know, I'm not going to rank a jam high, even if it has really interesting improvisation, if that interesting improvisation doesn't, you know, make, evoke anything in me. Mm. Um, And beyond that, you know, again, as I'm, I said I enjoy it, but also, you know, having that interesting improvisation. So something like, uh, you know, the Perry, A Western Sun, like that is really interesting improvisation where you don't see the band hitting um, modes like they do in that jam and a lot of other places uh, throughout the year. And, uh, you know, the the Frederick Creatures from May 4th, which Brian's going to laugh. I love, no, I love that. I talk about that a lot. Yeah, Um, that's a good one. and, And then a lesser extent for me is, you know, some of my like, keyboard nerd tendencies were like something like the Perry Empress I give a little bit more weight to because of that clav jam in it um it's a good but, one though it's a good one I'll give you that too yeah yeah oh big clav guy over oh big clav guy okay um but yeah at the end of the day you know it, it's hard to really put into words what I look for in a jam it's just I listen to it and I kind of know like that was amazing or that was pretty good or you know yeah what about you Brian yeah, I mean, I I definitely want to be touched. Um, I do too. You know, you, it's, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> You're not alone. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I definitely. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to want to feel something and be moved, you know, by the music. I mean, I think that I mean, that's first and foremost. But then, you know, what what is it about the music that that does that? And so, I definitely look for for improvisation. I mean, that that really does it for me. And I think that Goose. Um, just continues to improve and mature in that area. Um, but I also love a good just dance hall shredding yes. type jam. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. so, you know, for me, I, you know, on, on, on both ends, I, you know, on, on one end, I think about like South Farms Rosewood. Yep. And, yep. The goat. you know, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not traveling to different spaces but they lock into just a, an absolute killer groove and then just crush it and peak it and ride it. Yeah. So I, that moves me, right? That type of jam. But right. then also, um, I mean, and, you know, Ryan talks about the five four creatures and we joke about it because he, he bluffs it a lot, but, a lot. but that is a good, <laughs> that is a good example of a, of a jam that, 
you know, that is a little bit more about taking you on a journey and, you yeah. know, maybe w whether it's, you know, a jam that, that brings both some darkness and some bliss, you know, or some ambience um, and, a, and a, you know, a hot peak, um, you know, those those kind of multi faceted jams that take you to, to more than one place. I mean, that that, that always you know, speaks to me as well. Yeah. So, and if I could have one more thing, when we're when we're listening for the bracket, obviously, you know, people have said to us all the time, like, why is the Factory Fiction seated so low? Why is the Legend Valley El Make the Wise seated so low? You know, for us, we try to put aside any bias toward like whether it's a bust out or you know a debut or whatever like that, or you know, the energy in the venue was insane because. At the end of the day, we're looking for the jam of the year, not the moment of the year in this right. bracket. I think that's a really important distinction to make. Um, and I think, honestly, it seems like in this year's bracket, there's a little bit more balance between, uh, like last year, I think it was kind of bust out heavy in terms of people like hearing the first fantasy, fantasy fiction in years, you know, um, yeah. and super stoked. But I think in terms of bias also, I'm wondering how you guys deal with attendance bias when selecting these jams. I mean, like, I think there's probably a healthy balance in having, um, you know, Ryan and our neighbor from the north uh, having not seen, uh, you know, actually Goose. Single show. Yeah, like, yeah single show. <laughs> no right. attendance bias here yet. Exactly. So maybe that helps you guys balance. But, you know, um, Brian, you know, you, you caught some, some big shows this year. And, and um, there's something that just can't be replicated about the energy in a room, even when listening to a recording. So mm -hmm. does that enter your minds when listening to uh, these, these songs and getting the list together? Well, absolutely, and you should definitely look for some heavy royal oak bias uh, in next year's bracket. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you know, obviously, Brian can speak to you know goose specific uh, more, but I know I definitely do experience some attendance bias when listening to jams from other bands. Uh, you know, when I'm at the show, um, but you know, I kind of just try to separate it you know, peel back a layer, be like, well, like I was, you know, absolutely loving this jam while it happened. And then, you know, kind of removing myself from it. Like, what if I was just webcasting? You know, what if mm -hmm. I'm just listening to it a week later? Um, you know, how do I, how do I approach it differently? Right. What about you, yeah, Brian? I You've actually seen them. <laughs> you know, Ryan had a lot to say for somebody who hasn't even seen the band, but yeah. <laughs> I've seen other bands in concert. They don't also count. Those other bands don't count. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. There's other bands. There are no other bands. Yeah, what, yeah, what other bands? Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't say so, so I'll, I'll say a couple <laughs> things about this. Um, first of all, it's kind of funny because I was just talking to, to Ryan and the other guys yesterday about the Mission Ballroom Arcadia. And so, you know, I was at those shows and it's almost like it, it's I didn't want to I didn't want to rank that Arcadia too high because I didn't want there to be a tenant's bias mm -hmm. so it's almost like I'm trying to reverse it uh, yeah. you know at times but now now that the dust has settled for a little bit longer now I'm kind of ready to, to have that Mission Ballroom Arcadia maybe up at the top of my list um, so 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 that's interesting sometimes for me it's I, I try to fight against I try to go against the current on a tenant's bias Maybe so much to where I over I overcorrect or something, um, yeah. and then um, you know also a, another kind of way to get around a tenant's bias is to 
listen to Goose 12 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to where you forget you're at a show. <laughs> That'll do it, well, yeah. Once you, once you, I mean, if you listen to the music over and over and over and over, I, I think it does tend to, you're able to be that much more, you know, of an objective listener. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're, you're breaking it down a different way. The emotion maybe wears off a little bit over time. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one way to handle it. I tend to always go with my gut after a lot of these shows, just, I think, from experience and just having heard them and just knowing that, like, there's something about that feeling that leads me to believe, like, with that Arcadia, for example, because that was a pretty special moment for me and a couple of my friends, and Kalinske was there with us, and um, it was really an incredible moment at the show, and re-listening... All I needed to do was confirm that the song and the, the music itself was as good as I thought. And, like, re-listening, it definitely was. So, like, that was something that, like, I would just go ahead and say, oh, yeah. To me, that was one of the best Arcadias, if not the best Arcadia I've ever heard. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's not even, like, about the music, too. Sometimes it's, like, the lights were incredible at a certain point, and that sticks out in your mind. Or, like, the crowd just had this energy built up. Like, I remember, I don't know if it was Portland or Worcester, but, like, someone was bouncing around in a balloon, and someone, like put up the oh, staff that, or that, something and it popped that balloon was pissing me off yeah that, that was good no. people kept hitting the balloon towards the band and it's like they're yeah. crushing some creatures or something then too and it's like stop please as stop. if like Trevor's gonna even take one step uh, to hit it back into the crowd you're gonna right, knock right. Rick right over with that soft balloon <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and it's not written down here, Joey, um, but uh, was uh, so yeah, he does all our work. That's why Brian's looking like what. <laughs> um, but so out of the tournament so far this year, because I've seen some good ones. I forget what the recent one was. I wish I noted it. That was like fifty fifty when I voted it exactly. Um, but you've had some close ones. So what have been either of yours favorite matchups so far? Uh, or most surprising or biggest upset, whatever you think, in, in terms of just your personal feeling. So, Brian, why don't you kick it off? Um, yeah, so so I think, I mean, even, even like, I think the lookout Cleveland, Pelham Rosewood was, like, the second matchup. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Greg, Greg hasn't forgotten. I was, yeah, I definitely was uh, definitely trying to influence the votes. There. I saw him campaigning, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You, you, weren't, you weren't shameful about the fact that you were trying to influence Oh, it, for sure. So Absolutely. Absolutely. If I learned one thing from our former president, it's shamelessly do what you can for votes, whether or not they're real or not. <laughs> we don't have much shame here yeah. on TGB anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so that that Rosewood Cleveland was fifty four forty six Cleveland coming out on top. Mm. But just real quick, also in that in that same first round that that same the, the, in the Ted region, the uh, the Fredfest Arrow. I'm sorry. The the Mission Barm Arrow against the Fredfest Drive was fifty nine forty one, and then Wisteria. From Mission Barm over Portland Madavan, fifty-one forty-nine. Yeah, so that was the close one. Yeah, matchups. Yep. We had three that were fairly close. So yeah. So and I mean, beyond just these being close, I mean, it seems like there's a lot more engagement this year. Um, and Absolutely. I'm wondering what the fan turnout has been like on this. Um, you know, how many how many people filled out brackets total, and and what the chatter around the game's been like. So Ryan, I think you have the total number of brackets. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling that up right now. So the the bracket, um, you know, like the bracket filling out challenge was something new for this year that mm-hmm. I wanted to try. You know, I kind of 
I've always kept track of how my own personal bracket does every year, and I've tried to do this um, in the past with a couple of the fish ones, but I really wanted to see if we could make you know, this an actual thing for the community to participate in. Um, and so thank you to Jason Freelander, uh, who also does Fantasy Goose, uh, for helping us uh, set up and automate this online. Oh, that right was great. On. And we had 192 people wow. uh, fill out a bracket, which is nice. way more than I ever yeah. would have expected. That's and, a good number. No, definitely. I mean, that's uh, awesome. It's incredible. What, what, and one other quick stat. So I looked this up. The most votes we had in any single matchup last year was the final round matchup, the championship matchup. And it was, I think, around 550 votes. Oh. The first matchup of this year had over 600 votes. Wow. wow. Yeah. So that, was, wow. That, was, that was pretty cool. I was going to say one matchup that I voted on recently, I voted on not too long after you put it out. And there was like, I think already like 589 votes on that. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, wow, definitely getting a lot more attention on this stuff. Mm-hmm. But and, the voting's been year, fun on Twitter, though, I will admit. Oh, I mean, yeah. It has been fun. It, it's been great, and and this year I'm not using my multiple accounts to influence a matchup, which I did last year. Oh, dude, if you're not cheating, uh, you're not trying, Ryan. Yeah, on, there was, there was, <laughs> That's what we say the, in America. <laughs> the, 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 the Essex creatures, the Essex creatures won its matchup by like one or two votes, and I had voted three times. Oh, that's so money. So, yeah, that feels good to me. I, it's a win. <laughs> Wins a win, baby. Yeah. Avoiding that this year. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Uh, so you guys mentioned uh, Fantasy Goose, actually, which uh, I actually wanted to bring up. I had it written down for later in the conversation, but might as well bring it up now. Oh, he writes down his questions, but not from Bruce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, like, do you guys have a strategy in that? Like, do you guys even, I'm sure you participate, like, you guys oh, yeah. are goose nerds like us. Uh, do you guys have a strategy when, like, approaching a set list? You know, they played a song a couple nights, but, like, maybe there's a cover you're feeling that they're going to bust out, like a nice little... I don't know, Electric Avenue? Or... <laughs> Which I just heard I in the deli. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's going to want to give away his strategy. It's it's, it's detailed. So, oh, yeah, so oh, oh, no. You guys, might, you guys might know that I uh, I like to work with spreadsheets. And, uh, <laughs> Who doesn't? I do, have, I, do have a, I do have a fantasy goose spreadsheet. And I, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to give away my you know all my formulas or the secret sauce. No, but, you can't. Um, but look, I, it's all pretty simple. I mean, you just got to... You gotta keep track of what they played, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that just go out there and, and drop picks in. Um, but for the for the that that top tier group of players that, that are competitive, <laughs> um, everybody's doing essentially the same thing. And then after yeah. that, it's it's just who, who's getting the luck. Yeah, I feel like especially at the beginning of the tour too, like that's just straight. I, I just won so many times early on, I quit. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to take this away from everybody. They want to have fun. I was in first place in fall tour from the beginning until my birthday on November 13th. The the Dallas show was the last show that I did well on. And then I, I dropped uh, the end of the tour. This tour has not been good for me. And I've adopted a, I've, I've adopted a spreadsheet in the last few days to see if it will help. Um, I've hit four songs in the last two shows. Okay. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's not helping yet. Yeah. Spreadsheet's not full, fully filled out yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get no. there. I imagine it's a somewhat like, what's the site? It's like Trey's Notes or something, right? That where it like gives you a yeah. s- probability of what Fish is going to play. I'm sorry. Oh, there, really? But... Yeah. <laughs> we don't allow them. <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, I didn't know that they did that, but um So I imagine it's a very similar thing going on in your guys' spreadsheets, which I would like to kind of just I mean uh, no, it's cheating. I would like to see it like on another show. Again, like, if oh, yeah. you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, Joey. Yeah. That's for all of our listeners out there. Remember that. Words of wisdom. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the Rich's notebook would have said that all I need had a 100% chance of being played last night, and it still didn't get played. So. Oh, gosh. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's that's got, because Greg shit on it's it. It's got a 100% chance of getting played when Greg's there. I have had enough. <laughs> Greg's had all he needed yeah. for some time. Yeah, I think we're going to open the episode with it too. Oh we'll, God! We'll say. Um, do we have more questions? We sure do. Uh, <laughs> Joey, Joey was kind enough to write them down. Oh, nice! Thanks, yeah. Joey. Yep. Um, so I think, like, I, I think we want to know a little bit more about what you guys have planned beyond the bracket. Um, you guys are super active on Twitter at Jive Goose. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Storm moved through stormy weather, but um, sh- what else you guys have planned? Seems like you always have some stuff in the works. Well, yes. I don't, if, I don't know if people have noticed, um, but we have been uh, teasing uh, a little bit of a new venture over the past week or so. Um, Brian and I are very excited um, that we are going to be starting our own little Goose podcast venture. Whoa. Um, uh-oh. On, uh-oh. On <laughs> stormy weather. As we said to uh, these guys earlier, you know, we're a Goose podcast. Sure. Somebody's got to talk about the band, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I believe we will have officially announced it by the time uh, this is released to the real world. Um, but it's called Always Almost There. Um, we're very excited. We're going to be bringing you all sorts of goose content uh, from the two of us and uh, from the rest of the bracket guys. Um, so stay tuned. Right on. Uh, follow We Move Through Stormy Weather for more of that. Uh, when is that going to be picking up? Um, the first episode uh, will be we will be talking about the first leg of winter tour, um, and that will be out um, shortly after the leg wraps up. Okay, cool. So we'll be sure to drop an episode on the same day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like West Side Story all over again. <laughs> Um, awesome, 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 awesome. <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, we're really excited to see how this bracket pans out and to see, um, you know, just how many people get engaged, how many people keep voting. And, uh, I, you know, I can only imagine how many people are going to be involved for the Jam of the Year next year. But one thing mm-hmm. before we go, I'm wondering so far in 2022, if you both have any early contenders for Jam of the Year 2022. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, Wisteria Lane. Wisteria Lane. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Felt uh, like robbing say, a bank. <laughs> clear, clear front runner, uh, I think. You know, that just evil darkness. Yeah. So good. I, I think Brian and I have both listened to it like 25 times in the past two days. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is incredible. I'm, it's really good. I'm actually really looking forward to hearing that Born from last night. Okay. Yeah, uh, we that's what, yeah, I was just about to say. I'm so excited to see. What I that's heard some history. chatter about that, but I didn't watch the show. I was grilling some space bacon last night <laughs> <laughs> instead, <laughs> which didn't yeah, pan the, out the as well as it could. <laughs> the, uh, the the tumble from Tempe, also one of my favorites of tour so far. We got a little bit more of that dark space in the last few minutes of that one, mm. uh, which was really great. Um, the echo, yeah, you know, the echo, the two parts of echo from yes. Portland were really good. I was listening on, um, 
like one of the phone streams. Oh, shout out to Andrew. Shout out to Kathy. Yes. Shout out to Andrew. We got to do oh, that yeah. all the time. Absolutely. Any of these fans that are helping yeah. stream. Uh, thank you. Yeah, when the band is cutting us off. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to give them my money. Like I know, I don't. I give them so much, but um, <laughs> somebody ripped the stream for me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, those those are really good. And then that Rosewood was also very good. Um, speaking of Rosewood, that was also a good one. So, and I mean, all almost all of these new songs have come out. And, and drop big jams. I mean, yeah, pancakes, I've noticed that too. Yeah. The first Pancakes, the first Redbird, both had really awesome jams. The Born, Atlas Dogs now has a 20 minute jam under its belt already. So mm -hmm. that's that's been one of one of the coolest things of this tour so far in my book is not just that they're dropping a bunch of first time plays, but that they're dropping heavy hitting jams with them. So. More of that, please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely spicing it up for people a little bit out west. So, um, about time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> where's all this new music coming from? Oh, great blue. <laughs> so, yeah. no, just, just <laughs> awesome. Um, well, Brian and Brian, thank you for joining us today. Um, we're we're so glad to have you to be part of this community, and so thankful for everything you do for all of us, um, keeping us involved. And yeah, uh, we look forward to listening to Always Almost There, the first Thank you. Goose podcast yeah. ever. Possibly sabotaging it, but listening <laughs> first. Um, <laughs> as long as you give it a chance before you start sabotaging. Yeah, I will because I got to figure out a game plan for how to, you know, subterfuge. Yeah, we're still figuring out what this podcast is supposed to be. So right. maybe we could just take your template. Uh, one of these days. <laughs> yeah, we know what it isn't. Um, all right, <laughs> Ryan and Brian, thank you so much. We will see you guys out on the road, and. Uh, do you want to leave our, our listeners with any words? Get out and um, vote. Get out yeah. to vote. Vote thank or you, die. Thank <laughs> you for voting Flea over Factory Fiction. I was worried about that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage everybody to listen to the uh, Montana Wisteria Lane over and over again before it goes up against the Legend Valley Elmick because I'm worried about that one too. Oh, you should be. Uh, I'd be shaking. Yeah, that, that old man is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, th thank you for having us. Oh, thanks, guys. It was of a pleasure. Course, yeah. Thanks, y'all. We want to thank our guests for joining us today. It was great to talk with those guys after really only knowing them through their online presence. And to hear their perspective and have an actual conversation with such big Goose fans is always such a treat. Definitely. And really hope to see these guys at a show soon and nerd out even further about this band. But we want to remind all of you out there to be sure to get involved in the Jam of the Year bracket. Even if you miss the deadline to make a bracket, you can help make the game interesting by voting on the winners and even for the occasional underdog. And you can vote at Jive Goose on Twitter. Hell yeah. The Great Beyond was engineered by Robbie Chemical at Gary's Electric in Brooklyn, New York. On behalf of my co-hosts, I'd like to once again thank our guests for joining us, our manager, Kathleen Knight, and most of all, you, the listeners, for tuning in. Be sure to catch a ride with us next time down the pathway to the Great Beyond. Legend Valley L makes it a win, right? Hey! Osiris.